This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier. 2 0 Huddersfield down on the opening day of the Premier League. One two wicket from the. Here's Moy right footed. 1 0 Huddersfield town. Lindelof misses his header. De Quattro's in. Round to Heya. 2 0 Huddersfield town. 2 0 Huddersfield town. Here's Sanka to turn it into the pattern. Yes! And Tommins scores! Tommins has scored one of the most important goals of Huddersfield Town's history. De Plattras forward. De Plattras got the better. Yeah! And Laurent De Plattras scores! Laurent De Plattras scores! Hello and welcome to uh, the warm-up episode 14. Free is the magic number and it certainly is this week. Joining me, your host for today, Brady Frost, is uh, Mr Chris. Picked an iffy choice in last week's poll, so I did there, Markham. How are you, Chris? <laughs> I'm all right, mate. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I think I'm getting slightly better with the intro. Still not up to Matt standard, but there you go. Uh, you've got a long way to go to that, mate. But yeah, you're improving. That's all we can do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We, we go again. Uh, joining joining me and Chris on the pod is a man town fans will know all well. He's becoming more associated with chicken and Nando's. It's Mr. David Hartrick. Dave, how are uh, you? Yeah, my podcast husband. Yeah. <laughs> no, very, very well. Very excited to make my debut as always. We're excited to have you. You know, a lot of new faces uh, for the town team and uh, also for the podcast. So so welcome aboard. So we as we're, you should feel quite lucky, listeners, because we've got two Titan analysts coming together and uh, Chris as well. So I'll, uh, I'll stop. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, well, you've got to let me have it. got to let me have it. Anyway, so um, we'll go on to the game. So just uh, an FYI for those listening, we are recording this before Bristol's uh, FA Cup match against Millwall. 
So if we're talking about someone who's got a horrendous season-ending injury and that uh, cuts a bit of slack. Or they've signed um, the best player the world's ever seen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so Bristol, they're ninth in the table going into this game, but quite interestingly, they're below town in the form table in the last 10, um, winning four and losing the rest. So they're a bit like town, really. You don't really draw many matches, either just win or lose. Um, but I'm sure we remember early in the season, we lost 2-1 at home uh, after leading for quite a long time. But someone who will know that a bit better than us is Dave. You were actually at the game, uh, the 2-1 defeat. What did you kind of make of it? Um, the, the thing is, I think when you're watching games on iFollow, you get, it's very, it's very, very difficult. When you're there at the game, you, it, it never stops being quite weird. And this was, it was one of the weirder games because some teams I think react to the atmosphere of of playing in an empty stadium better than others and I think town of town have struggled um particularly when it's a really quiet stadium town of struggle because I think there's one or two players in town's team who don't like being able to hear every single criticism from the bench and from anywhere else in the ground and this this was a it was a very quiet night but town actually started pretty well and they got on the front foot they played the 3-4-3 because Corbyn likes to when he knows it's a two he likes to have the man over so he plays the three at the back as I think he'll probably do again uh this game and uh, town did okay and they they were forcing them back it was a sort of typical town performance this season of Lots of good stuff, but just with, if they could just sort of have that extra 10%, then they would have gone in at half time 2 0 up instead of 1 0 up. The problem was Bristol were in a 3 5 2, they changed it to a 3 4 3, and their, their bench is just like if you want to talk about a bench that's the polar opposite of Towns, it's Bristol's. Their, their attacking options off the bench are just incredible. And they, after half time, they bought on. Um, Dadio, who is one of my favourite championship players, as I've mentioned on another podcast, because he's just, he's not the best player in the championship by any stretch, but he he can look absolutely unplayable on his day. Semenyo, who was absolutely brilliant and arguably um, sort of changed the game yet again. Um, and it, I mean, by the time he came on, Bristol were in the ascendancy and then he really, really took it away from, took the game away from town, really. And then he, they bring on Jamie Patterson as well, who uh, comes on and scores, you know, scores the winner. And they still had, you know, Masengo and there were a couple of others on the bench that you looked at and you thought, arguably, they'd be starting for town, never mind, you know, definitely on the bench. So it was, it was one of those nights where, unfortunately, just having good players triumphed over anything sort of tactically or technically that could have been done and you do get games like that and unfortunately on the night as well I would argue that Corbyn was slightly slow to react to the changes as well um, so that when when Semenya came on and he was getting so much joy and so much so much space down down the left wing at the, at the start and he ended up be switch wings at one point as well um, it, it it was it was one of those sort of learning curve nights, I would suggest, as a as a home game. And I think that the thing is about Bristol, I don't think they've really changed in the meantime. I think all that they're all those problems are the problems that town are gonna face again, you know. 
Go ahead, Chris. You seem like you're chomping. No, no, it was an interesting one. Like you say, the, the two back threes, we played a back three against them, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And obviously both teams have gone away from that for, for significant time since then. It'll be interesting to see. And I'm just looking back to the game. I can't remember, Dave, you'll probably put me right. But when they brought Tommy Rowe off against us, did they change to a back four? And that's really when the game changed, if, if I remember it. But I, I yes. Yeah, it I, was. I, I might have got it wrong. And you know, it's. I think that's a really interesting one. Like you say, the strength of the bench is something we are more than aware of. Obviously, watching town, but yeah, it, it's a really interesting one for me. That 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 tactical battle. I mean, um, you know, that back three changing. Um, I think the interesting thing for me about Bristol City is I look at this squad and I agree with you completely. It's one of the better and more complete Championship squads. There's a lot of people I know in there as well. Um, and which obviously I keep an eye out from and almost, you know, wanting them to do well. It's, it's a big club. Um, but I do think they lack a bit of um, depth and quality in the mid, in the centre mid areas. Obviously mm-hmm. they had Pack and a few others and, and they've gone. And I look at that, that's probably the one area where I think, do you know what, that's, that's the weaker part of their team. Uh, I know they recalled Casey uh, from, from Swansea. Uh, and I'll, but then they played him on the right a couple of times. So it's just interesting to see how they'll evolve. And I think you're right. that the, the problem they've got is probably a lot of good players at the back, a lot of good players at the top. And maybe in the middle, they're trying to find the balance right to what is actually the best system for them. I don't think they know. Um, uh, I think they've they've switched to 4 4 2. So they could, to, to yeah. be honest, they could be a bit more direct. And mm-hmm. I think in, in certain games that works and in, in other games, I mean, I know we're not going to go in depth on the Mill game, but you, Town started in a four four two, and when we were told they were going to be in a four four two, me and Stephen Chicken were sort of okay. Well, that can go either way, and unfortunately, it went the wrong way, and they had to switch to a four three three fairly early. It, it, a four four two can make you very very rigid, and can you? It, it, I think with a four four two that if you play it really really well, there is nothing. It's it's carrying a stigma now. Four four two, a sort of proper football man stigma, which it doesn't need to have. It's still a very effective, very good system, but you can play round it. It can give you. It can make you far too rigid. So it depends. But I I think they will go with a two up front, which I think I think Town probably will play with a three at the back. So it'll be it'll be interesting because I think they'll have the options to as well with Sarkio and we believe Edmunds Green is probably fit again, don't we? Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm I'm interested to see that as well. Go on, go on, Brady. No, no, it's just uh, well, it's quite nice to uh, not have to talk and just listen to all this insight. So we'll <laughs> we'll come on to um, we'll come on to key players. You think for the match? I'll I'll, I'll just chip in first because you touched on them, Dave. Uh, I picked Semenyo. Um, I think he's a player I've always liked, and as you say, I think he helped Bristol change the game last time he played. Um, interestingly, he's also got the most assists for for Bristol uh, this season with six and. Um, Again, he's a player, you touched on it, I think would walk into this town team at the moment. Um, so he's one, I, I think, like you say, depending on the formation we play at the back, um, Keo and Saar and, you know, maybe Edmunds Green, if he, he is back, like you mentioned, need to watch out for. Um, but he has, he seems to be a bit of a super sub um, from what I've seen. Um, but what, what about you guys? Who do you think is going to be the, uh, the key player? I'll, I'll come to you, Chris, first. Yeah, I think I'll go for one of the ones who I probably know uh, and one of the ones who probably wants to win this game. And again, every time he plays it more than anyone is Jack Hunt. Um, obviously, they have, you know, as you've mentioned, they have struggled in the last, you know, they've only won four in the last 12, but all four of them were at home. 
So I think they are going to have to try and take that initiative. Um, if they do play 4-4-2, which they have been doing, but with Casey or someone on the right, it's very similar to what we did at times when we had Scott Arfield playing in front of him. So as Dave says, it can be a rigid formation, but what the idea will be around playing Casey and when we played Scott out there is they'll come and drift inside into those areas behind the strikers and try and add a bit more depth to the play. So that gives Jack space, and that's exactly as we all know what Jack wants. Um, I think his quality, you know, is is there to, for all to see in the final third. Um, so I think if it'll be an interesting one because if he if if they are um, if they are dominant or if they do try and go a bit more direct and get Jack in at the final third, I think he'll be a, an interesting one. On the other side of things, obviously, as we all know, um, as a, as well, I'm sure we'll, we'll try and target their fullbacks uh, defensively as well. Um, It'd be interesting to see what formation we play, and we'll get onto that at the end. But if, if we do play with the wingers, if we do play with the four-three-three to try and use the wingers to to, to keep Jack and De Silva pin back, uh, because I think they are quite big threats for for, for Bristol. Yeah, Dave. What about yourself? Who who do you think is going to cause Town plenty of problems in midweek? Uh, I I think it's Chris Martin, who is. Um... I think only Hunt and Viner have played more minutes than him this season, barring the goalkeeper. And the thing about Martin is he's had quite an interesting evolution because he was a very much a sort of old-fashioned number nine goal scorer poacher type. And now he's become a sort of almost like a sort of Teddy Sheringham, Emil Heskey, unselfish provider type striker. And I think he's got five assists, maybe five or six assists this season, I think, in all competitions. Only got a couple of goals, but he is he is one defender's job for 90 minutes. He will not give them a moment's peace. He is very, very clever. He is quite happy to sort of drift into space and try and be incredibly intelligent, or roll his sleeves up and go toe-to-toe with someone. So you need to plan for him because if you're not careful, he can tie up two defenders and then suddenly you've got exactly what they want, which is the other striker in a little bit of space. So I think you have to plan for for Martin and you have to... The only way to do it really is to try and cut the supply off to him, I think. Yeah, yeah I'm interested that they've not really played Naki with him that much, which I mm. thought that everything you've suited, you've just described there suits Naki down to the ground. Um, so yeah, it's, they've played Deirdre up there a lot, as you've mentioned. So it's, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I think it wouldn't surprise me if you know, I know, um, Keith Downing and, and Simo, uh, Paul Simpson, who were assistants to Dean Olden, I've worked with them up until recently, and they're the sort you know, the shrewd football men, and they'll they'll know that you know, Naki, Casey, Jack, if Pato was fit, I think Pato's a big miss for them, but they'll all want to obviously play this game, and um, particularly Naki and, and Jack. Um, so yeah, I think that's an interesting, uh, an interesting subplot. But yeah, Mark Martin's been a, a shrewd operator at this level for a long time, hasn't he? No, definitely. And I think um, it's interesting that we've got um, got Keo in because, like you say, I, I would be a bit nervous if it was Critchlow and uh, and Edmonds Green in the back three going up against him. So yeah, good to see that experienced guy. I mean, before we come on to town key players, um, I just uh, just a quick one. I know again we're kind of breaking the, the format of this pod. Um, but what did you guys make of um, Keo's performance in, against Millwall? Well, I know it wasn't the best game, but just just quite intrigued uh, to, to mess up the order. <laughs> um, uh, do you want me to go first, Chris? Yeah, go for it, mate. Um, being in the ground, I, I, you know, there's anybody who's listened to any of the pods or read any of my work knows I'm not, I'm not a town fan. 
I me, I'm exactly the same as Stephen Chicken, which is at this point we are heavily invested neutrals, basically. I was that that game against Millwall, as Steve Chicken would tell you, he was sat behind me. I've never been as animated in a, in a at a town game before in my life. I couldn't believe. I was so frustrated by them, and I think to judge Keo's performance, it's almost impossible because he didn't really do anything wrong. I thought he was pretty good on the night, but his role on the night was to take the ball from the goalkeeper or a fullback and just recycle it across to Sarah or back out to a fullback. It was Town played so deep and so negatively that it, it wasn't really a test because when Millwall went one nil up. They realised, and Rowett realised, he moved uh, Ben Thompson, who was sort of who was playing as a central midfielder. He moved him up into position as a 10, but not as a 10, basically just as a pressing forward. And he just got Millwall into shape. And Town weirdly just retreated, and they just started playing in the centre of the pitch without being able to break any lines. They, And the problem was they were playing so deep with Keogh and Zah, who were both getting really frustrated with it themselves, because... They were giving themselves constantly two-thirds of the pitch to go through to get a chance and effectively three lines to break. And it was just, it was nigh on impossible and it needed to change. And I think, I don't think Keo did anything wrong, but I don't think he was really sort of challenged. It's not like he was he was up against, you know, pace and speed and creativity and being pulled left and right. That was literally his job was was basically just recycling the ball constantly so I, I personally my feelings have been on the other pod that I I don't think it's a bad signing from the point of view it's a bit of experience he's always been fairly good on the ball but I think he can only play in certain situations and against certain forwards and I think there's going to be far tougher tests to come when we'll see whether Richard Keogh is actually still a championship player or not. Yeah I'd agree with 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 a lot of that to be fair um is is strength? You know, it's difficult. Is somewhat a debut like that, obviously coming into a a new setup, going behind early against the Gary Rowett team, who that's what he's great at stifling and just you know. I think anyone who's seen us will know. You know, we have the highest percentage of our players in our own third in the whole league, and the fewest in the final third. So keep us there, keep us in that middle bit. Mm-hmm. So obviously, someone as shrewd as Gary Rowett out of possession. I think I mentioned before that's that's his game. So obviously, going behind early was a disaster. Um, but I think, you know, if you do give Keo a little bit more freedom to drive with the ball forward, we always used to have to highlight him and we'd always show them the opposite centre-back if we had one striker because we knew that if he drives in, he can drive past the line with the ball at his feet and then pick a pass. And, you know, a lot of Derby teams, they relied on him doing that. So, you know, it'd be interesting, like you said, to see if he's still got that because he can be a, you know, he can be an asset for us. Obviously, we do have so much possession. Um Hopefully, he he can help us sort of um, progress the ball and make us a bit more uh, um, fluid at times. Just just from that, Brady, is the next thing we're going on to Town's key player? It is, yeah. So you can jump straight in, Dave. If you want. Yeah, because basically my what I've got down here is it's whichever central defender after watching that Millwall game, is tasked with doing exactly what you just said, Chris, which is trying to step out defence a little bit and potentially trying to break a line or two and hit the diagonal because Town really, really missed Schindler doing that. Schindler was really, really good at getting the ball and picking a diagonal 
and immediately getting everybody facing the right way. And they really, really miss that outlet. And Saar likes to play out in a different way. He likes he likes to carry the ball and get into a pocket of space and then pick his pass. And that's very difficult to do when you come up against teams that are tight and controlled, like Millwall were, like other teams have been. So that was one of the things about Keo. I did wonder if if this might be a game for him where he is tasked with just trying to get out. And it's basically, it's Lewis O'Brien that you really want to try and hit with that ball as often as you can, and then try and get you, you know, if you can hit your wide men from there, even better. Um, but what you really want is Lewis O'Brien taking the ball already turned and running towards goal. And against Millwall, they did such a good job about making sure he had his back to goal every time he got the ball. Um, so I think the town's key man is, is it's a bit of a cop out, not picking an individual, but I don't know which individual we, will be tasked with it. Um, it but, changes as well. They've done it if they play yeah. a back three, because if it's a back three, it'll be the outside centre-backs. Yeah. Whereas if it's a back four, that obviously makes it a little bit more, more difficult to do that. Um, but yeah, I think that's... Uh, it's a Particularly against the four four two because if yeah. town realise that there is space between the lines, then, you know, that, that, the person who's tasked that becomes key to their whole, basically their whole possession plan, really. Absolutely. Chris, what about yourself? Who who do you think uh, key player for town? Yeah, again, it all depends. I keep saying it all depends on the system. Um, but I am going to go for it, like I said before. I think that's where you can dominate the game, particularly against the 4-4-2, is in the centre of the pitch. If you if we do go back, that's the only thing that worries me a little bit about 3-4-3, is that we're not taking advantage of the middle of the pitch where they've only got two. Um, you know, if we play with the Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Three, if you play with an extra centre-back versus move one of those centre-backs into the midfield, then you dominate that middle that middle area a little bit more. Um, so for that being said, I'm going to go, normally, you know, if I'm setting up a centre midfielder, it's usually Lewis O'Brien, because obviously uh, I'm obsessed with him. Uh, but I'm going to go for Bakuna instead. Obviously, we keep staying it. Um, and I think he's one of those. I think if they're not, they're not the most, you know, that they don't have many shots. Um, the second fewest amount of shots per game in the league. Um, so I think he's one of those. It's like, you know, we mentioned a bit about the Millwall, uh, the Watford game. Don't make a mistake. And obviously we know that Bakuna can be capable of a, a head loss or a mistake. But on the other side, he can also be capable of doing something um, out of the ordinary, which I think this town team are probably going to need to, to, to score some goals at the minute. So again, I think quite a lot rests on him, um, particularly if we're playing with, with three in midfield, that allows him to get a bit further forward. 
And that's a good shout. I mean, I picked him last week and I think it's more uh, more hoping he does something. But as uh, Dave and, and Steve have been saying, he's been he's been all right. Um, you know, he's been a bit more solid, if not spectacular. Um, but I, I've actually gone for Aaron's guys because I think um, obviously the Millwall game, well, you don't need to be an analyst, but it was a bit crap from, from Town's perspective. <laughs> um, one thing I did, I did um, enjoy really was uh, that little bit of skill that led to the penalty from Aaron's. It was a good, good ball. And, you know, O'Brien using his knowledge there to, to win that. Um, and he's played a bit more than I thought he would at this stage. Again, that's probably due to injury, but um, he seems to offer, again, a bit similar to Bakuna. It can be a bit unpredictable sometimes. And, I think for us to get anything out of this game, um, we might need him to step up. He tends to be playing about 60, 60 odd minutes, doesn't he? So, um, yeah, so he he's the one I've gone for because I think we're we're really lacking some uh, some quality going forward in, for chances. So um, anyway, we'll come on to return to the Mac. Um, still not got the the nice little jingle, and I refuse to sing it just yet. So um, anyway, I'll 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 uh, I'll come to you, Dave. Who, if you could bring back any former town player for this one-off game who would you bring well I know he didn't play his best football for town and he certainly didn't play his best football for my own dear Brighton and Hove Albion either but I would bring back Oliver Norwood to sit a bit deep create and his the one thing he's always had at town Brighton wherever else however he plays I I have rarely seen somebody be able to take a set piece as well as him and when you have somebody like an Abizar to have that level of quality there would be, yeah, would be pretty effective. And I don't expect it to be over, overly popular because I know he's not, uh, I'm hardly bringing back a legend here, am I? I think that's the, uh, you know, as I was there with Ollie and I think he was massively underappreciated. And I think the mm. problem was at the time we had him and Clates as well, both like yeah. to drop de- deep and dictate. There probably wasn't room in the team for both of them at that time. Um, and he almost got overshadowed by Clates' personality as much as anything. And I'm sure Ollie will say he learned a lot at Huddersfield in terms of that expectation. But, you know, you, could, you look at what he's doing now and has been doing certainly last season more. But in the Premier League, he's massively underappreciated. I think it's a great shout, Dave. Yeah, I mean, he was fabulous last season. I, I, I am fortunate enough to... Um... I, I do every town game, but I also do lots of game around Yorkshire. And I mean, watching him last season live, it was, it's, it's one of those, he was became one of those footballers that you almost want to show to other footballers because of the way he was just dropping into space. And yeah, you know, not everything he tries comes off, not every pass he tries comes off, but the intelligence is just, it, he's a player who's continued to learn at every step yeah. of his career and continue to progress. And I think there's a hell of a lot to be said for that. And if you if you picked him up and dropped him into this town team right now to get the ball deep and try and work it forward and break those lines, you would see a you'd see a huge difference. Well, that's in in my opinion, that should probably win the poll because the reasoning <laughs> is, is absolutely spot on. So it'd be interesting to see if, like I said before, who's voting on the poll? Are they listening now? <laughs> Um, but no, in, in terms of Ollie, just to finish on that, like his, I completely agree. He obviously used to be very much focused around in possession and just where can he get on the ball to affect it. I think now he takes better positions, particularly with Chef United's overlapping centre-backs, as well documented. He has to take clever positions for the transitional moments after losing possession. So I think that's what he's learned the most and that really has, has taken him to that next level because that's probably was one of the things that he, he needed to learn from his time at, at town. Go on, Brady, who's yours? 
Well, I, I am going to jump in there, Chris, because I think uh, talking of segues, uh, I actually picked Adam Clayton for this. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it was just mainly because of his beard. I loved his beard. But no, he was, um, like you say, he, he, you know, he'd be deep and kind of dictated the game. And again, he was a bit of a scrapper. And, um, you know, particularly with Hog out at the moment, um, I think we're really missing Hog. You know, I, I agree with you, Dave, from what you've been saying. I think he's been town's player of the season, really. Um, and he he could also kind of get balls into the box when he could. So yeah, I, I picked um, Clayton, and also uh, he can score a penalty, which uh, we didn't have so much joy. Well, he could week. also miss him as well. Do you not remember that Crystal Palace one? Oh yeah, oh. I do actually. Yeah, wow. yeah, that one. Great. Anyway, and then as a segue, <laughs> oh, really? This is the, this is the man with the slickest pod we've ever done. So, um, but as a segue from that. Um, mentioning Hoggy, I've gone for another centre midfielder, but I've gone a little bit further back, as I tend to do, but someone who is still at and around the club. Um, I don't know how many town fans will remember this who are listening, but John Worthington. Mm. So Worthy was the initial Hoggy, really, and obviously a local lad um, came through in that in that League Two season, really. But in terms of his, his tenacity, quality on the ball, not that's not what he's known for, maybe, but his tenacity and drive. And I think... The run that we're on at the moment, you need that hoggy character and you need that. And Worthy was absolutely that. Maybe was more comfortable getting forward than hoggy in terms of maybe getting to the box. Um, he was not known for his goals or his quality when he got in the box, to be fair, Worthy. But he, he, he was absolutely that tenacious, energetic um, sort of leader, if you want. Obviously, he was captain for a bit uh, that you need. So, yeah, I'm going to go for John Worthington. So, that was, that was probably the smoothest... <laughs> the smoothest transition of a segue we've ever done. You sound surprised, mate. It's just nothing. I'm but completely shocked. This is amateur hour. Anyone knows that. <laughs> well, anyway, someone who might not be an amateur is um, uh, one of the uh, guys from the Bristol City podcast, BS3 Talk. Uh, I spoke to them ahead of the game, and here's what they had to say We're recording. Cool. So I'm joined on the line now by James from uh, Bristol City fan podcast, BS3 Talk. James, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying the snow. Oh, nice. Well, we we don't have snow here up here, just frost. So it uh, makes a bit what? of a change. You don't have snow up north and we got it down south. We had it earlier, mate. That's what happens. The north gets it first. Uh, yeah, we're, we're a few weeks behind. Well, anyway, anyway, we didn't come to chat about the weather. We came to talk about the football. <laughs> um, so got the game in midweek. Um, so obviously last time we played you, you came away with a 2-1 2-1 win at our place. So um, what did you kind of make of the previous match when we played earlier in the season? Well, it was a typical performance um, for the first hour or so. I think you were on top and um, we just couldn't get going at all. And then that sort of second half comeback just got sparked. I remember I was listening to it on the radio at the time um, and it sounded, and then watching the highlights after, Semenyo ran the game. Jamie Patterson was brilliant. Um, and yeah, we... It was kind of significant and it was symbolic of um, the football we were playing at that time. I can't remember exactly when it was. I think it was early November, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, since then, it's only really gone downhill. Very tough Christmas period. But um, after a, a stale couple of months, I think there's signs of uh, hope again for City. Yeah, that's that's kind of my follow-up question, actually. Um, how has the season gone? Um, and is, is Dean Holden still, still popular among the fans? Oof. Oof. It's been it's been a season like no other. Obviously, I think um, certain things have made this a different season for most clubs, but um, we've had 
quite the journey, obviously, from Holden's appointment. I think we won the first four, won the first five games of the season. Um, and then injuries. We've had a humongous issue with injuries. Um, I think double digits in terms of players out for weeks at a time, several players out for months, like new signing Joe Williams, Liam Walsh returned on loan. Um, we haven't seen him at all this season. And yeah, as I mentioned, the Christmas period was very, very tough. We were losing um, to Birmingham were on a bad run, played them at Ashton Gate, got beaten. Millwall were on a their worst run for like over a decade. They came to Ashton Gate and beat us. Um, so <laughs> it's been a pretty torrid winter period. However, the last couple of weeks, um, we've got some loans back, especially Casey Palmer, obviously former former Terrier. Um, got him back. He's come in with some impetus. He's helped out the likes of Antoine Semenyo, who I'm sure we'll mention after sort of his performance at your place. Um, and yeah, we're just looking to get some players back from injury and hopefully finding some form again. Yeah, well, here's hoping from from a perspective the form doesn't pick up in midweek. Um, but we'll come on to the game now. Uh, what are you kind of expecting uh, of the match on Tuesday? Well, in terms of us, I think we've, as I mentioned, it's kind of picked up a little bit. We beat Millwall in the FA Cup um, 3-0 away from home in a pretty deserved performance. And the league form is ever so slightly um, picked up. It's the likes of Casey Palmer, Semenyo, who was excellent at your place, um, who I think will cause a threat. It's Naki Wells, another former Huddersfield man. Um, they're kind of link up together is what makes us tick. And Famara Gigi is always bagging goals. As far as I think you're concerned, you're in a pretty poor run at the moment. So as per usual with our two sides, it's probably going to be a pretty awful game to watch. Um, I can't imagine a goal fest, um, but yeah, I think I think it'll be quite tight. You mentioned it's it's not going to be a goal fest. Uh, I I do agree with you, um, but I'll, I'll push you for a score prediction. So what what how, what do you think the score can be? Is um, Josh Caroma is he fit? Is he around? He is not. No, still still injured. See that? That's a that's a blow, isn't it? I know that much. Um, I would go for our home form. It's just terrific. Um, I I can see I can see a one all. I don't think anyone will really control the game, but I think um, we might come faster out of the blocks than usual, and then maybe you'll grow into the grow into the game. Um, I'm hoping we can take a win, but I, I'm going to go with one all. You what? Uh, we haven't got any points uh, in 2021 yet, so I would take that. Um, we'll see anyway, James. But uh, thanks so much for coming on, mate. And uh, best of luck for the rest of the season after Tuesday, of course. <laughs> and you, no problem. All right. Okay. So that's what they had to say. Um, so we're going to move on quickly to um, what lineup you're thinking. So you're the coach. Um, so what are you guys thinking? Again, I, th I suppose injuries kind of dictate this one. But uh, I'll I'll come to you, Chris. Uh, actually, what what are you thinking for the for the lineup? Put you on the spot there. Yeah, I've mentioned it loads of times, haven't I? I'm being I'm not really being uh, decisive over what I would do, but now you're putting it on my toes. I would go back to four four at the back. Um, I would trust that now you've got Keo, who has been experienced enough at this level, and Saar back, that they should be able to deal with two two championship strikers. 
Um, I understand if it was Edmonds, Green and Critchlow, you might want to give them a bit of extra support back there. The reason I'd do that is I would obviously want to, as I mentioned, I'd want to try and dominate the middle of the field um, and I'd play three in there. So I'd either move, I'd probably move Vallejo, uh, like you say, depending on injuries and have Bakuna and O'Brien ahead of him. The other reason I'd do that is I think, obviously, when you play 3-4-3, three, three, you're relying on your two wingers to, to get between the lines and be able to receive passes beyond their midfield line because you can't really get your two centre mids to, to do that. Otherwise, you're, you're often a bit exposed on the, on the transitions. So I'd do that. I'd then think Bakuna and O'Brien are more adept and better at receiving between the lines, which means, you know, the, the, the two wingers, whether that be, you know, whoever they may be, obviously the four that are sort of in there at the minute, um, end up being they're maybe a bit more comfortable receiving out wide and trying to get 1v1 against their fullbacks. So, yeah, I'd probably then, like I said, maybe would I go for... Aaron's obviously, um, I maybe put Wardy up front um, just to see, maybe give Campbell a bit of a break and then bring in Benza back in. So that's that's me. I'm, I'm exactly, I'm exactly the same, <laughs> exactly the same. Even down to I would, I would give Ward a run. Um, just I think what you really want to do for the first, certainly for the first half an hour of this game, is just try and stretch that back four. As, as far and as wide as you can and let's see where the gaps are let's see where the spaces are and you know adapt accordingly so I would say I don't think he will I think Corbin does like a three when he's playing against a two so mm-hmm. I do think they more than likely will go to a three four three but yeah I would I completely agree with you Chris to be honest it's interesting, isn't it? It's going to be a tight game, this as well, I think. We haven't done our predictions. We'll let Brady do his lineup, But it's going to be a tight game. They don't start quick. Um, and I don't know, the, like I said, they don't have many shots, but they concede quite a lot of shots. I think it, it's going to be a... I think it's going to go right down towards the end of the game. Brady, who, who, what have you got, mate, if you were the boss? Well, it sounds like uh, I'm just following on from you guys, but I kind of I kind of picked the same really. Um, again, I, I think Campbell, you know, probably needs a rest, and I think Ward really needs a goal to be honest. Um, so I'd just start him in in a team that's not the second choice, you know, to help him out really. Um, the only thing I would say is again, I I don't think Corbin will do that. So my three probably would be Inventor, um, Ward, and Aaron's if he does go for that three four three. But yeah, again, I think. Um, there's rumours, obviously, of uh, Mr. Holmes coming in. I think he'd make a big difference to this team when he does come in. But uh, again, I'm not, I can't really rely if, on I'm him. I'm just going to say, if Dwayne does sign, I'd definitely play three, four, four, three, three, and I'd definitely have him as one of the eights because mm. that is the exact person we need picking it up in between the lines and driving forward. Um, I think that I think that adds a lot at this moment. We, we said this on the other podcast that if you look at that as a three, if you have O'Brien one side, Holmes the other, and Hogg in the middle when they're when they're all fully fit, that's a pretty good midfield three, you know, for this division. And I know Town need to supplement it in other areas, but that is that's got enough bite. That's got a decent amount of of running engine creativity, etc. That's yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. And the I think one of two, not got, the only thing it's not got is that none of them are big in stature. No, you know when you no. come up against those, but you know you look at teams like all the Millwall, uh, not Millwall, Watford's, Bournemouth, Norwich. The blue midfield's massive. Um, but I, I, I've had this conversation with Mister Shaw of this podcast. I honestly don't think Corbran is bothered by that at all. No. I just don't even think he sees it as part of the, the game plan. Yeah, it could be right. I think not just dogs. It's the it's not not just really from free play because we try and keep it on the ground anyway and. 
those teams I've mentioned aren't exactly just route one, but I think it's more, you know, set pieces. I don't, I'm not an, anyone who would advocate changing your whole system for, for set pieces, but it is, it is important in this league, vitally important. And um, it's just where we maybe struggle a bit. Then you look at um, people's not exactly the most dominating in the air. Fraser's not huge. You know, it's not a big team. Um think going forward, but no, in terms of the balance of that midfield, I agree, David. It's a nice, nice mix. Uh, well, not a big team, but they've certainly got a big heart, haven't they, Chris? Anyway, I could listen to you guys chat for ages. What? But, um, <laughs> what's what do you think the score prediction is going to be? Uh, I'll go to you, uh, no, <laughs> I, I think Town can get a draw here. I do because I don't think I think Bristol you can get at them, but I mean, I. I Look, on paper, Bristol should win this game. That's that's the reality with the bench they've got. But I do think Town can get a draw. And I do think there should be a reaction after that Millwall game. Plus, Bristol are likely to play a, a different team in the FA Cup this weekend. But there may be one or two who are a little bit tired. So I think I'm going to go with 1-1, slightly more in hope than expectation. Brady? Again, I, I, I feel like I'm just copied you guys under no prep, but I actually did think 1-1 um, because they don't draw many games, we don't draw many games. So uh, I think it'll be a draw, basically, was my thinking. And that's more of a hope than actually, I agree with Dave, Bristol should win this game, really. They've got the better squad and we're in a bit of uh, bad form and we can't win at home, uh, win away. So, But I'm going to be positive. I'm, I'm going for 1-1 as well. And for Ward to get his first goal for the club. I hope you're right, guys, but I am going to go against your ex- your hope and I'm going to go probably more with expectation. Again, they've won, they've not, I've mentioned earlier, they've only won four of the last 12, but all four were at home. They tend to finish games strongly as well, um, you know, as we found out last time. And that is, will be in part to the bench, I'm sure. Um, so I think I can see them maybe grinding it down. I think it can be very, I think it can be a low scoring game. And I think it could be another 1 0 defeat. Um, maybe maybe two nil defeat. I just struggle with that with us looking at again. We look a bit toothless at the minute, which is my biggest concern. Completely agree. Um, well, I hope you're wrong, Chris. Um, but well, I suppose we'll find out. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks to Dave for coming on. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening, and that I think that'll do it for this week. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, fingers crossed for midweek. Cheers. Oh, what a night. Late in May in 2017 Schindler scored, it was a happy dream What a feeling, what a night Oh, what a night Wagner singing, we are Premier League Greatest sights in Georgia Square did see What an evening, what a night Oh, I I got a funny feeling when he walks And a fence And then The commentator yelled he takes that chance So save him mesmerizing me Low, low charge and flattened all Chelsea Stay
down footbridge or water night. Whoa, I, I got a funny feeling when he walks and a fence, and then the commentator yelled, He takes our chance. Oh, I. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. <laughs> 